everyone, welcome back. This is episode three of the Real Pursuit. This is Trent. This is Ben. How you doing today, Ben? Man, I got nothing to complain about today. Yeah, how was your weekend? Memorial Day weekend? Memorial Day weekend, we built some baby furniture. I don't know if I've talked <laughs> about it, but we're yeah, we're, we got a baby coming in five weeks. So um, other than that, we just kind of sat around. My okay. my Memorial Day weekend looks remarkably different than it did four years ago. Doesn't it? <laughs> Remarkably different. <laughs> no, no boats in the water. No boats in the water. No jello shots. No beers. No beer. No beer. No, I might have had. I may have had two beers at my in-laws' house. Yeah, but things are different. Things yeah. are different. Yeah, different. Not better. Not worse. Way better. Just different. Way better. Just different. Yeah. No, I'd say better. I'd say better. <laughs> I woke up this morning ready to rock, versus uh, hungover four years ago. I probably would have been out of commission. Hundred percent with you. I remember <clears throat> I was actually having a conversation with a friend. I was like, remember back in the days where we just go out and party? I was like, it was fun for the time, but now what I'm doing is more fun. Like working on the house, making it better, or hanging out with just your family, like extended family too. Like we had like an early Mother's Day type event over Memorial Day and my grandpa's ninetieth birthday early. So that was more fun than, you know, being up at the lake or you know, Lake Erie party and putting bay and stuff, which has its place, but just not so much right now. I, I absolutely agree. And I've, I've asked this question to my buddies before in the past from college. Do you think how how long could you live your college life oh, right now? Don't not at all. I think I've got. Th- I think I could go. Three, <laughs> I could, I, I could I'd not. Be, do I'd be all. three days and then I'd be in the hospital. Yeah. I, Even the food I, I ate. Man, like a, I ate like a New York City sewer rat. Like. I'll drink wine at night, and the next day I'm like, ugh, that's a little heavy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to be that old guy who doesn't eat after 9 o'clock because he gets heartburn and just doesn't feel good the next day. Like a deluxe calzone. I was like, I got every I got every food category checked right here. Those are my veggies. I'm literally like, I got to watch how much red meat I eat. <laughs> I don't want to have a heart attack. I'm like, I'm bald. I'm not fat yet. But if I get fat, I'll have that, like, this is a body type. I hate being a skinny guy with a big belly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'll look like. I'd rather be like, if I'm going to be fat, like evenly just distributed, you know? I don't want to be the skinny guy that has like visceral fat. I'm going to die in a heart attack. We got Capri Suns this weekend. Love Capri Suns. <laughs> but they're so sugary. Are they really? Oh my gosh. I was like, this is, it's thick. It's disgusting. Yeah, I get, every time I go home, my mom buys those Capri Suns for the kids. Yeah. Without a doubt, I at least sneak two or three of them out. They're like, those are for the kids. I'm like. Love Capri Suns. Do you remember the, uh, like, I think they were in, like, a grenade can, like a grenade plastic bottle? And yes. And it has a tinfoil that you peel back. Yeah, the jugs, little jugs. Yeah. That's what they're called, pure corn syrup. Yep, corn and syrup. It's it, just different food coloring, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that was repulsive. I don't think I could handle one of those right now. What did your kid do again? Uh, July 2nd. Were we still going to do a podcast that week? <laughs> I don't know about that. You can give us the tribulations of having a kid. You can you can come into yeah. I'll, I'll basically just snore the entire time. You're due in September, yeah. right? Do people know that you're pregnant? If they don't, well, Trent and Amy are having their second child. An Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, so I'm not pregnant, but Amy is pregnant. Yes, Amy is pregnant. You were involved. I think so. Okay, I might have been asleep, but I might have been involved. Okay, you were involved though. Congratulations on the sex. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> it's a choke. <laughs> um, so, anything? Uh, I, I know you. Ha- I, I, we both kind of came into the office today, and we're we're film we're filming. Yeah, like we're, 
like it's not an quite H- filming. Like it's yeah. an HBO set. Uh, we are it looks like an HBO yeah. set in here. Lights, microphones. We're, people are wondering. Yeah, <laughs> people are people are subscribing. Thirteen downloads. So thank you for those thirteen. Well, we haven't really pushed it. We're getting there. We're, we're gonna start pushing after five, like we after said five. before. So, yeah. but we came into the office and we both had some pretty big smiles on our face for some stories that had happened this weekend. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm going to let you go, but I think I got you beat. No, you probably, I heard part of it, but you definitely, that's why I'm going first. I'll let, I'll let Ben finish it strong with the story time is what we're calling it. So I went on this listing appointment, a guy, not sure if he's going to sell right away or not, which is great. I was like, we'll just talk. Um, we'll go over <clears throat> what might work for you, what might not. So within five minutes, we did not talk about selling his property at all. It was legit. We started talking. He's like, started talking about spirituality, God. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, he's conservative. So I was like, I never know what to say when they ask you that. They because people will straight ask you, so what what what's your beliefs? I'm like, oh no. Yeah. You never talk about I'm, religion or politics. Man, I may believe in general. I may believe exactly what you believe, but I'm gonna stay so far on the fence on this one and just kind of move over this topic. I bite my tongue, but he didn't let it go. I was like, oh you know, it is what it is. There's good and bad. And so I kind of brush around the subject. But obviously he was conservative, so I was like, "Oh yeah." Uh, we started getting this conversation. It went from conservatism. He started going. He did okay. Let me preference. He did like anti-bombing their whole administration to talking about aliens. He's like, you know, when you see something in the corner of your eyes, like you think you see something move. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. He's like, just give me the. You can't see me, but eyebrow raise. I'm like, okay. He's like, he's convinced that any movement in the side of your eyes is an alien. He thinks there's aliens among us. He's like, you could be one. I could be one. You don't know. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, no wonder he has all tile floors. He kills people when they come yeah. to their house. Yeah. And then he, I, buddy, he sweeps I, them underneath the rug. I promise you I'm not an alien. <laughs> That's what I told him. So he thinks anything you see out of the corner of your eye could be. I was like, I get it. Like, you know, there's spirituality stuff. But he thinks straight aliens. Uh, he brought up JFK assassination. Um, Area 51. I'd love to hear his take on Area 51. Well, he definitely believes in aliens. That's all you need to know. So you got Area 51, we had JFK, we had politics. He's very spiritual. He's not he's not a religious person. He sounds like, that's cool. He has no idea if he's going to move three weeks from now or three years from now. So I'm like, wow, this guy is going <laughs> He is uh, a waste of my time. I'm just sitting there. And this was over an hour. And I'm like, I got, don't want to be me, but I got better things to do than talk conspiracy, aliens. And he puts all of his money in gold and silver. Good. Does not like the stock market, <laughs> how that's conspiracy. And I won't completely argue that, but at the same time, I'm like, okay. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I put in real estate. He's like, good for you, good for you. I was like, thanks, thanks, Terry. Um, but anyways, should you, you say know, his name? No, that's a fate made up name. There's a lot of Terrys out there. Not so. Terry, not the Terry I met. A different Terry. Okay, Terry with a one R, not two. Whoa. But um, yeah, never. I've gone on some weird ones, but that one talking about JFK aliens. Being among, not just aliens out there, but literally living among us like a 1980s movie that they just all of a sudden transform the aliens out of the human body. He's like the sci-fi channel. You believe in aliens though, right? I do and I do not. I don't know. I say, I don't know. I haven't seen one. I understand there's a lot of interesting footage out there, but I don't know. What about Loch Ness? No. What do you find to be the most ridiculous of the stories? Well, Loch Ness has its place because dinosaurs back in the day i mean i'm sure that's a realistic thing yeah i mean there were giant scary ass creatures out yes. in the water you would never go swimming in the ocean if you knew what was out there before that's real bigfoot i mean they found those giant nine foot bones with people with bones out their shoulders bigfoot's i'm sure real. 
I'm sure it's a possibility now. Probably not. Do you believe in ghosts? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I you're believe in that afterlife. No, I, promise, I promise you, it, my it, we can get we can get my mother Charlene on here, and she'll talk ghosts with you. <laughs> My mom, for every house that my mom has ever lived in. Everything's been haunted. Everything's been haunted. Sounds like my dad. He yep. says that to us all the time. We all think it's haunted. Yeah, and, and magically, as soon as I move out, every house I've ever lived in has not been haunted. So I don't know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I, <laughs> hey, to each their own. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but it was just interesting. Like, I didn't, I didn't like crap on the guy, but I was just like, I, it, it just goes to show because I don't think people understand. We go into random houses and we do not know. You don't know what the condition of the house is going to be. You don't know what the person is. I mean, I ran into some weird people who are kind of sketchy. Not anything as crazy as Ben probably has, but I ran into some weird people, some disgusting houses that people think are clean. And I mean, like, these are like hoarder status that people don't see anything wrong, not just your normal house with you, you everyday are, use. That's you, just pretty bad condition. You are dealing with the general public and you've got your life stand, you've got your standards on yes. what you consider clean and what you would like to talk about to strangers, other people have different. Not to say that it's wrong. Right, right. But Not how, wrong, but... How they live is not how we live, and sometimes... I base my living situation off the code of healthy standard, whatever health code that Ohio yeah. puts out. As long as there's not maggots and cockroaches, you're probably okay. I, I, would, I would consider my living situation to be industry standard. Yes, 100%. Yep. Basic... Normal, whatever normal is, that's what that's yeah. what I go. I'm not of. too clean, not too dirty. Industry standard. That's kind of where I live my life, right down the center. I don't right. want to veer one way or the right. other. You, we just talk impartial. Up. Yep, you're just how you doing? It, it, don't go any further than good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what? Uh, right. So I had I had the sci-fi alien among us guy, JFK assassination. What'd you have? All right, so. I get, I've got, uh, I've got, I'm working with a, a, an investor out of state and he, he calls me about a property, a uh, multifamily mm-hmm. property that he wants to go see. He's out of state. So it's just me. Um, who's, uh, who's showing it and I'm going to, I'm going to FaceTime him through. Okay. Oh, FaceTime technology. FaceTime. You, I don't know. I don't know what you know about this. So we, we, I pull up to the property and, um, there's a couple, there, there's a, I'm going to, again, I am industry standard, but in my industry standard, this, there's a guy who looks pretty rough outside. Okay. Um, rough as in? Rough as in Burley um, <laughs> and has uh, Milwaukee's best cans littering his feet. Now you're just discriminating, okay? Yeah, I don't know if I'm discriminating, but I mean, he's, he's got, like I said, Milwaukee beer cans. He's seen some things in his life, which later we found out is true. Were you in a good part of town from your point of view or a bad part of town? So um, fair housing, if you guys just decide <laughs> to drive through the neighborhood and let me yeah. know what you think, um, that's what I would say about the neighborhood. And I can point but, you in the hey, direction. We're, we're, not, we're not talking address here. We're not talking city. I, I can point you in the direction. It is, it is it, the story that I'm about to tell you is unusual for this, for this part of town. Okay. Okay. It's an outlier. It's an outlier. Okay. So I, I go up there and, and this guy doesn't bother me. He's a nice guy. He just... Again, looks okay. looks rough and tough. Yeah. I walk into the apartment complex, uh, grab the lockbox, and I, I show the first floor unit. Um, first floor unit's pretty nice. Uh, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it's a, it's a lower rent, so it's, it's okay. d- dirty but well-kept. I go okay. upstairs. 
and it's totally different. I mean, 180. I walk in and I tell this guy that really? the, the buyer, I'm like, this, there's, there's something different about this property. I mean, it's, it's dirty. There's stains all over the carpet and we'll come back to those stains. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you got the perfect invest, investment property, a C property in a B neighborhood. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So the investor's like gold mine. We were, we were, we were pretty gold fired mine. up. I said, it's going to take you about $3,000 to clean up their one bedroom units. Um, this will be good. How dare you get pricing on that? I know. Oh man. By the way, Ben has been burned multiple times oh. in deals with fixes oh, and yeah. repairs. Yeah, I might I may have paid for somebody's house by this point. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you about the time I bought a pool table for somebody sometime down the road. But <laughs> I uh so we, we go down to the basement. There's a there's a garage in the basement and our our friend um is out there from earlier when we walked in okay, with a couple of other buddies. I walk down and I get a, I get a welcoming, who the hell are you? <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm the real estate agent. I'm just showing the property. So did he live there? Uh, he, they, yes, he lived okay. there. He okay. lived there. I hope. <laughs> Cause they had made themselves at home in this back. So probably not. Yeah. So, uh, he said, who the hell are you? I said, I'm just a real estate agent. I'm just showing the property. Okay. He goes, they tell you about the girl that got murdered upstairs? <laughs> I said, well, no, they didn't. And he said, yeah, you know that girl that got found in the dumpster a couple months back? I said, yeah, I know the story. And they said, that was her apartment. Oh, no. I said, oh, okay. Th- thanks, for, thanks for letting me know. And then the other buddy chirps in. And he says, what the fuck are you doing here? Excuse my language. <laughs> I said, I'm just showing the property. I, you know, I, I'll get out of your guys' hair quick enough. And he goes, you better, because I'm about to put a bullet in your head. Oh, nice. Yep. To which I said, you know what? I totally understand. I appreciate you letting me know about the upstairs unit. I'm going to go ahead and head out. I called my, uh, I said, I told, look at the investor on FaceTime. I said, I'm going to go ahead and switch you to my phone. Okay. Switch to my phone. Get out of my, get out of the apartment as quick as I possibly can. Get in the car. And I said, yeah. I don't know if that's the best unit for you. <laughs> and I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, there's no way that that was the unit that the girl right. got murdered in. Mm-hmm. So I Google searched and sure enough, that was the unit that she got murdered in and her husband or boyfriend kept her in the closet and the fridge no. for a few days after the murder until it started to smell too bad. And he decided to throw her in the dumpster. How do you got I have no idea. I don't know the story behind that, but either way, that's not. Uh, it was it was an eerie, eerie, eerie situation to be in after finding out. So after you found out someone was murdered up there, did you? When you could think back, you're like, oh, that was suspicious. That was weird. So there's there's <laughs> some funny stories that kind of come out of this. Like we were in the downstairs unit, and the downstairs unit had a fridge and a stove. Okay. And, and, you know, the appliances mm-hmm. were included. Okay, and the fridge and the stove. And the upstairs unit didn't have a fridge, but it had a stove. We'll circle back to the story. Uh, they got to get rid of the fridge where the dead body was. Yeah. They got to get rid of the fridge because <laughs> the body was in the fridge. So there's just some weird things about it. And it's like these stains on the carpet that we had talked about. Right, right. I obviously didn't take too good of a look. Well, who would? But who would, right? Right. And it's like if I don't have any advice on selling a property that somebody's been murdered in, but I would say maybe new carpet. See, 
I think you could sell it as like to like one of those people who are into like dead and spirituality. Like my guy, maybe yeah. I can get my guy to sell his house to buy, go buy this multi-unit that he can partially stay in. Like what the guys there who buy the Amityville horror Amityville horror house. Why would you do that? There's been two movies made about the haunting of that house. And you're like, you know what? I got to have it. Well, you just said you didn't believe in ghosts. Oh, I believe in ghosts. Oh, okay. I believe in ghosts. I don't believe that every house I was ever raised in was haunted. Here's here's something we could do. Let's let's go to the house, record a podcast with your mom there. Yeah. And then we'll just see how... We just get scared to shit out of us, your mom says. And then I'll just interview you and your mom about what you're feeling, what, how you guys are reacting. It could be like a whole mini series. So what we'll do is we'll contact yeah. that agent and yep. say, hey, uh, we've got the perfect marketing <laughs> technique. We're really going to lay into the fact that somebody was killed here. Yeah, own it. Yeah, right? Own it. Yeah, own, own it, it for sure. Uh, murder here, um, real pursuit does a haunting. Really? <laughs> We get a sci-fi channel. Yeah. Ghost hunters. Real yeah. pursuit. Real estate agents. Do you think there's a sell haunted properties? Do you get that together? Do you think there's a market for real estate agents to exclusively sell? We'll, we'll call it a, a distressed property, but really you specialize in homes of that nature. I think once HGTV runs out of show ideas, like they got the one where these sisters come in and renovate the house for you and they take probably profit. Yeah. I think the next would be extreme homes, not hoarders, but like deaths. Extreme you homes. clean up and you have to sell it. And people are like, wasn't someone murdered here? Yes. You can't say no. You don't necessarily have to disclose it, at least in Ohio, because it's public record. Yeah, you can specialize. And I'll just sell it to the, like, the weirdos who like that stuff and wear all black all the time and really pale skin. I would just set up a Ouija board there, have them come in for an open house, yeah. and you'd hook them. Yeah. You'd hook them. Sell it on Halloween. Yeah, but I think the market's pretty small for that. It, it's small, but very... I mean, they talk about targeting a niche in your business. That's about as niche as it gets. Target a niche. Target a niche. I, I niche. sell... Haunted homes. I sell haunted homes. The haunted home specialist. Yes. Yeah. Why not? But I won't go in them. We'll meet outside, and I'll send somebody else in there to take photos. Yep. Because I don't mess with ghosts. You just got to take photos of those orbs, those little light spheres. Yes. In there, and oh people my. would love oh. it. Charlene, my mom, looked at every single photo and would just look at the orbs. So what do you what do you think that agent, when he took that house, you, th- you think he knew about it? Was it disclosed? It was disclosed. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize it was disclosed until after. It was disclosed. I think as an agent, it's... How do you even price that? I don't know how you price that. Like, how would you even look at that and be like, if someone's killed, that's minus well, 20% of the value. Yeah, their pricing, it's similar to the other units. Well, I would too. So, an investor is going to buy that, rent that out, right? An investor will buy that. Who cares? If you're hanging on to that two years from now and you sell it, you don't have to disclose. All right. You don't have to disclose. I'm all about doing the right thing. You don't have to disclose a murder. It's public record. So if you murder someone in your house, I can sell it and I won't tell anyone about it because they can find out on their own. As long as you already went to jail for it. Like, I'm not going to cover up for the murder for you. You know what I mean? You don't think? No, I would not do that. Okay. Too, well, much, I, too much conscious. Too, yeah. I, I. That was one of the most horrified I've ever been in a stories. Well, you had a guy. You found out there was someone killed. And a guy said he's going to put a bullet in your head. Yeah. In a relatively nice area, so you weren't expecting that. I wasn't expecting it. I was happy-go-lucky. It's the Sunday before Memorial Day. I'm just on in flip-flops and shorts and a T-shirt, 
ready oh, to yeah. ready to show a property. So on one one to ten scale of stress, at that moment when the guy said that, how stressed were you? Out of the ten. I, I was I was visibly. I mean, I'm sure they had a good laugh when I left because oh, I yeah. was. They they gamed you hard. Oh, I was visibly scared. I, <laughs> so, I I I he said I'm gonna put a bullet in your head, and I said that quick comment to him, and I turned around and still started talking. I was like, uh, here's the uh, <laughs> your storage units. Here's the laundry room. I, I and took that phone. This is the upstairs. I would take the phone, and here's a guy who's gonna murder me, so yeah. you can at least report it to the police. Please take a screenshot of this guy. Man, I'll tell you what. So I used to live in, off Third Street in Huffman in downtown Dayton. Yeah, this is before they started rejuvenating. They put five hundred thousand dollar condos there back in college. You should, should, should you, should you edit this out since yeah. you just gave the specific location? No, Third Street in Huffman. There's a lot of houses on that road. Okay, so I just rented a place. It didn't matter. Okay, so I lived there. Gr- nice place, cheap rent, and it wasn't fixed up yet. But I remember I'd always see all these like. We'd go down Oregon District. We'd party hard. We'd always see all these people out there. And I was like, ah, they're all want to be <laughs> they're all want to be thugs and gangsters. I was watching Spike TV Gangland, right? They're interviewing a guy in Dayton, Ohio, who's on the Crips. And I'm like, I crapped my pants the moment I saw it. I was like, oh my God. These aren't just one of you. It's like they're legit thugs. Oh. Like yeah. legit like gangs out here. It's like, oh crap. And that same week, I was I had a five mile route I'd run. I ran down the road. I just saw all these cop cars. And, dude, I saw, like, 10, 15 cop cars, literally 100 people on the sidewalk on this side, 100 on this side. It was like a neighborhood fight. And there were just hundreds of people on the street about to go at it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I actually should not be this arrogant 20-year-old kid running around here thinking no one's yeah. going to do anything. So I kind of shut my mouth up. So what I was going to point being is if I were you, if I was younger at the time, I'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. Now I've been like, okay, cool. I just yeah. went. <laughs> you're you're, you're ran out of my tail between my legs. You're oblivious to at that point. Yeah, you're I, oblivious. I, the neighborhood, like you don't think any different. And I think when you get older, when you have family, you're like, all right, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth, worth selling a hundred twenty thousand dollar unit. Just no. get out of here. Just I, I don't want. I don't want to deal with the headache. I don't. What else has been that stressful? That wasn't someone saying they're going to kill you. <laughs> Man, the the. the the business itself is like inherently stressful. I mean, we've talked about it in, I right. think in our first episode that you've got to do everything. Finding a specific moment that was the most stressed out I've ever been. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. There's there. You, you get the stress of like the day to day stuff where right. it's, is this going to close? Um, did I get everything? Did I order the home warranty? All that nitty gritty crap that hopefully you don't detail. have the detail stuff. Mm-hmm. That's stressful because you don't want to drop the ball, but it's not it's not the end of the world. Right. Um to me, I guess the selfishly the biggest stress is am I gonna be able to provide for my family with this? Okay. Um I, I know that and at, at the end of the day real estate agents, if we, if we have to push a closing a week, okay, your client's going to be upset that it got pushed, but there's Mm -hmm. nothing you really could have done. Usually. Usually. And then in a week when they get their house, they're happy and they forgot all about it. 100%. Yeah. So it sucks in the moment. A a lot of the stresses we deal with in in real estate are the momentary stress, but I'm trying to think of like a big stressor. What is it that you think when you look at, it's like these little ones that just, you get 15 minutes of pain and, and, 
when I first got into the business, I would let these things, those little stresses eat me away. Oh yeah. Where you're like, Oh uh-huh. my gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm losing a deal. And you would, you would not call or you, you would hold off telling them. And now it's, I've kind of, I, I just have told my clients, I'm going to be brutally honest with you and I'm just right. going to rip the bandaid off. So I don't have to there live with it. And and a lot of times you get a better reception on that, but what's the big stress that you deal with or, or something like that? I mean, I, I think it depends on where you're at in your business. I think, because I can now say every deal, it's not make or break me, right? It's not, I need that money, which I never really needed it, luckily, because I saved up for it, prepared for it. But I, I mean, you want to get those deals closed because you want to get the ball rolling. So I think at the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, I got to save this deal. Like we talked about, like my first three or four deals fall apart. So that broke me in really good. That, yep. bro- that wore me in really well about, all right, well, it is what it is. It's bad luck at that point. There's literally nothing I could do at that point. But um, right now, I think it's just pushing forward. It's part about maintaining. It's also about not – my biggest problem is not failing, like going backwards or failing. Like you hear stories where millionaires have lost their money at least once and they yeah. got it back. I'm dreadfully afraid of losing everything and trying to build it back up. I know I could do it in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Um but I don't want to. I was like, you don't have to do that. I think people talk about that and they think it's okay. But when I'm doing this, part of my stress is growing the business so that if something does happen, I don't fall back to zero. I fall back to a $7 million producer instead of a $10 million. So hitting, that make sense? Hitting, hitting zero is a big stress to you. It is, it's not so much as it's just not being as good. Like we kind of talked about the very first introduction, which we'll dive in deeper, but just not doing the best I can. Like I know right now you get on pace of my goal. I got to get 15 closings in five to six weeks. And we were talking with my coach. I was like, she's like, would you be okay with missing your goal of 75 units by 10 units? I'll be like, no, because I just need to take that one month. Like I've been kind of backed up lately. having pro- prospecting where I know if I would have done 10 phone calls a day for five days, I got one or two listings, which turned into maybe four or five, which turns into referrals. I think, what stresses me out is when I start looking at the business, it's not that I lost a client. It's that that client could have been a future client that turned into referrals. That makes my life. I work hard now, so my life 10 years down the so, road is is a lot easier. Not not no not no work, but it turns into where I'm getting those referrals and happy clients to where I'm not calling people and annoying them with expired or for sale by owners where 30 other agents are. Uh, opportunity yeah. lost and your, what is today, May 27th, 26, yeah. So opportunity lost and your t- May 26, 2020 not being as good as your May 26, 2019. Sort of. As long as I'm on pace, really. And again, I think the more I think about it, it really is what that one person, now this isn't, I don't want to monetize people, but what that one person could have turned into for me. So how do you... Because I can't tell you how many deals I have now that I got referrals or they have a second house or they... Fir- you know what I mean? Like if I didn't do that one deal with that one person... I just lost three deals down the road. But why? Why? Uh, I want to touch. Why? Why? Yeah. Why not put a monetary value on somebody? Because of, that's not what they are. Like nine out of ten people I've done deals with, I thoroughly actually enjoy enjoy who they are. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you business wise, yes, this person I did this amount of deals with, they're worth X. But at the end of the day, it's more than that. They need something. I'll do something that's not real estate involved to help them out. Whether it's finding someone or. Heck, even if they try to do a for sale by owner, which one of my clients is, I was like, that's cool. I was like, let me know if you have any questions because I look at it straight monetarily. You're no different than anyone else who's just money hungry. And we know where those guys are 20 years yes. down the road. We know who they are right now in Dayton, Ohio. They're still calling 
yes. expired for sale by owners. And I want at least someone on my team to be making those calls and building their own business. I had not a, me myself calling somebody who's been doing this for 20 years and giving them a spiel. And I say, I wrote a book and I send them a book and I sign it with my signature on it. I had a top <laughs> agent in this area. Um, tell me one time and it was the best script I've ever heard. When you're going up against these agents who are cold calling while you're early in your career and you're cold mm-hmm. calling. Right. And I think that there's always a place for cold calling. Um, but when it is your entire business 20 right. years into the career in a referral based business, right? Why is that? Why are you still getting the majority of your business off of cold leads 20 years into the business in a referral based business? It's because you, you haven't kept that client happy. You haven't worked right. that database. Um, and some of those agents I've worked, I've worked with those agents and they, they're good agents. They've got good systems and tools, but they've, their clients have forgotten about them five years down the road because there was no re there was no circle back. You got to stay in touch with them. You have to, you have to be in <laughs> Let me tell you this. This is my biggest pet peeve with, I'll probably make a lot of people mad because a lot of people do it. I hate when agents post, Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell, let me know. I, I just can't, I, I get, you got to ask for referrals Yes. or, but there's a way you can do it that's informative and that's actually contributing when, something when instead the, of just being like, here, hand me someone who can when, increase my business. When the, get the post is, market is hot, fire emoji. If you're looking to buy or sell, call me. Yes. That's the post. No one's going to do that. You get a couple likes from family and friends. And like, oh my gosh, you're doing a great job. Like, I get it. Like, maybe they don't know any better. I shouldn't be so critical, but. You got. I think of it as like I'll never post that. I'll never call someone and be like, "Hey, I hope you're doing well. Is there anyone that needs help buying or selling?" I'm gonna call you and be like, "Hey, here's what's going on in the market. Do you have any questions? Is there anyone I can help?" You come from a place of value, and yeah. I think we both there. There is a world. What is the the script where you, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about? Your recreation job. Vision, Ford, Ford, family, occupation, occupation, recreation, and dreams, and dreams. That's a so Ford is a basic conversation you have with people. Yeah, whether it's business or you're actually if you're just in a marketing event, and you're I don't really know how to start a general conversation too well unless I'm a little liquored up. <laughs> but Ford's great. I tried to Ford on a guy one time. <laughs> I asked very open ended questions, and he answered with a yes or no on everything. I was like, oh, this is not a good marketing not, conversation. No. No, no. Well, I will tell you, those market events were great. I had a great time. I went there and actually had decent conversations. Now, some people went around and just handed out cards. I didn't hand out any cards. I just yeah. had a conversation with people, try to see what they were doing, be actually interested. But then you get the one lady who pops in. Oh, hi. Hey, I do graphic design. Here's my card. Give me coffee. You need something. That's the same thing as asking someone, hey, if you're looking to buy or sell, let me know. I was like, why? We're at, we, go to <laughs> Keller, we're at, we go to Keller Williams fam, Family Reunion and... um one of my favorite things is when the these agents just walk around, interrupt you in the middle of a conversation, hand you a business card, said, I'm an agent in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. If you've got somebody in Tampa Bay, send them my way. It's like, no, no, I'm going to throw this card away. Have a conversation with me because I don't remember you at all except for the person <sighs> who interrupted the conversation I was having. And you were just being rude. Yeah. So coming from a place of being authentic. Yeah. Value driven. Value driven. Value driven. And I think part of that too is I mean, that's just part of the business, adding value. And can you not, not ask that what? What do you want? 
our 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 uh, Dophie keeps poking her head in. My phone's dead, Trent. How'd you turn my how how'd my phone die? Did your phone die? I don't know. Not no, my problem. Not, not not Trent's problem. Not my problem, son. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but there's always multiple stresses in the business, man. I mean, trying to get business is good, but you have to do it. It's hard to figure out a good way to ask for business and be informative with it. And I spent a lot of time thinking about that, trying to set something up that's not annoying and you're pestering people, that but provides value and makes them think of you. Yeah, I, I hate I hate feeling like I'm annoying somebody. Yes. I hate it so much. Like when you call someone and ask if they want to sell their house and say, give me a call in two weeks. And then they go listen to someone else like, oh, well, he just called me the other day. I'm like, but you told me you the told call me, yeah, in you two told, weeks. Yeah. And what it's like, they told me a call in two weeks. So you call them in five days. Right. Right. But, and it's, you do it because you've been burnt so much. I, I, yeah. now that we're talking, I, the stress of lost opportunities gets me because you get so you if you really can get so many leads in this business. Yep. And if they're if they're early on in the process and you forget to follow up once, just like Trent said, see you later. Somebody else didn't forget to follow up. Right. And then you just think about it. It's like again, I my money, my money, my mind runs like, okay, how much value did I lose with that client? What future business did I lose? How much did I leave on the table? Yeah. That's just because you dropped the ball because you're too busy doing a million other things. Yeah, you forgot to stay in contact, which is the number one thing. Yeah, I, I that is that that one kills me inside, knowing that I could have I left something on the table. Yeah, and I and I don't think our stresses are any different than any other business. No, I think um, you know the top level execs are stressed that everything goes back to the sales. Yeah. I'll, I'll argue that because I think top level execs. Have you seen their payouts when they get fired? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the problem. I was like, if you're a CEO or you run a company, your payout should be based on how the company performs and then your P&L. You yeah. should not get a set money no matter what because why? You're supposed to run the company and make it profitable. Like, that's how I pay myself in this company. I pay myself a set salary or a set wage a, week, a month, and then I get dividends on my S-Corp. And I only pay myself so much because I keep so much in my business account. So it's like, my actual money is not what most people think. It's a lot less than that because I'm paying myself out with dividends based on how the production is. Yeah. So it's stressful in regards to finances, like figuring that stuff out. It's not, oh, I got all this money. I can spend it because, I mean, the taxes are ridiculous for being a personal, any personal business you have. There's a lot of us out there, which we're the majority of the economy, and especially with the pandemic that happened. I mean, there's a lot of stresses that go into that. I'll give you a real-world stress right now. Go for it. Okay. In this business, this is one I'm feeling right now. So you're getting this live. I'm excited. Okay. Thank you for this special. You're, we've been doing this podcast for 35 minutes. I'm just shooting. This, yeah. This Your phone, my phone dies. Yep. Our, <laughs> our director of first impressions walks up, who's taking our phone calls, walks up to our office, looks in. I asked Trent to grab my phone. I see my phone's dead. My brain instantly goes to everything's going to hell. The world is burning down. You think so? That's instantly where my brain goes. Right. I think worst case scenario. And I, I I tell other people all the time, hey, it's real estate. There's no there there's no real emergency in real estate. <laughs> and the fact that I stress over except if it's a lead or a client or a deal going through. It, yeah. It, but if I it, I the biggest issue that I face, and Taylor, my my wife knows it is the fact I, when my phone's dead and I, I've got to come up with a way that in my brain 
or if I miss a phone call, or if I'm in a meeting and my phone blows up, it's like the world's over. And that's instantly right. where your head goes. It's never, oh my gosh, look at all these people who are singing to sing, calling to sing my praises. <laughs> right? So it's that's, always if a client calls you like, oh no, what happened? I got it. Hey, what happened? What it, happened? What happened? Right? Tell me, tell me something. It's it's usually not good. It's it's never good when you when you when a, when they're calling you. Yeah. It's never good. That's just a fact. I like to call them. It's proactive versus reactive, and that's that's a huge stress. When I can call them first and get ahead of it, it's when I get stuck in the busy work, and they're calling me like for updates. Uh, it's horrible because you're like, oh, it's not ready yet, but we're getting there. If, but if I could tell them like, hey, I should get this by the end of the day or I'll call you later at 3 o'clock, then they can expect the phone call. Yeah. It works way better that way. I, all the time. I, I, and, and How many times have you got yelled at by clients because you didn't get set, set the perception correctly when I, you were going to be reaching out to them? I don't know if I've gotten yelled at, but I've had a couple – and the 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 comments that are the the one the comments that are the worst is, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought you were gonna call me on Wednesday, oh, no. and you're calling them on Sunday, and it's like, I know I said I was gonna call you on Sunday, uh, on Wednesday, and here I am on Sunday calling you four days later, having to the conversation isn't a fun one because you're right. having to backtrack. The worst is when they when you screw up. <laughs> I feel like I. Like a dog who just pissed in the house. You're just like, I know it. I was like, I, yeah. I know, man. I was like, you don't need to beat me or berate me. I was like, I know I screwed up. I was just say, and I'll, the only thing I can say is, I know. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna try and BS you. Be like, oh, I was sorry. I was real busy with other people. I just, and they don't want to hear excuses. No, nope. you take the ownership for it. Yep. That's a good piece of advice. Is if you do screw up, because we all are. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. perfect. If you're if you're a real estate agent, and you've never had a client mad at you. Uh, you haven't done enough deals. Yeah, you haven't done enough deals. I had somebody text me in my 20 years of real estate. This is the first deal I've ever lost. I'm like, how is that possible? There's deals you lose. No one could save. Yeah, literally. And, and I was like, I don't I, I don't know if you're exaggerating or not, but maybe this is your first deal in 20 years. To, right. But nobody. Yeah. So um, you're, you're, you're going to mess up and it's just take ownership of it. Even if it's not your fault, just take ownership of it and let them be mad at you because they need somebody to be mad at. I've yep. got a client who I work with. She She's flipped a number of homes and whenever she gets mad at the plumber or the electrician, I get a call. I get yelled at. So this client, yes. I took over for Ben when he's on his honeymoon. We'll call her Paula. Yes, Paul. Paula came in this closing, pissing fire. Yes. She was pissed she was super pissed and she starts yelling at me i'm like i, I was pretty frank with her because not my client i'm not sitting there getting yelled at because i'm just sitting in there closing i let her rant for five minutes legit and she's like oh, i'm sorry i know i know ben's done a lot it's just this other agent who's dropping the ball but i'm still mad at ben i'm like why it, i, I it, was literally it, like it, why are you her, mad at ben then her and, and i like, have, well, he should have he should have done better i was like okay her and i have that relationship and whenever i whenever paula calls me to yell at me i know it's She's upset about something. It's not me, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna be that punching bag because we can go back and forth and it yeah. can be over. And that's I think if you you have to have thick skin in this business for sure. Um, patience, patience, thick skin, which I'm very impatient at times. But I try. We we'll go back to empathy. We talked about the very first one briefly. You got to have it. Like I'm dealing a deal right now. Divorce couple. I have the buyers, my listing. So I'm relaying all the information. I got to go to the, and the husband and wife are not 
very they do not like each other right now. So I'm relaying a message to him, relaying to her. Going, so I got to be a mediator between those two and their divorce. Bring it back to the buyers. You're playing therapist. Therapist. Trying just to get documents signed. One person wants to do this. The other one's like, I'm not doing anything because she still owes me 1200 bucks for this stuff. So I'm like, I'm trying to work both ends of it and just keep them together. And be like, all right, marriage counselor, real estate agent, to real estate agent, back to real estate agent, back to marriage counselor, back. So it's literally two to three times the amount of work because I got to keep their relationship together. But that's... You, Again, you get home at six o'clock and it's like, yeah. how many hats did I wear today? Too many. And I think that's part of the stress, which you can mitigate when you hire people. Um, when we go through that, like I got my admin starting full time now. Next is going marketing ISA person with a showing agent, hopefully by October based awesome. off my goals. Yeah. But that's, dude, that's a whole stressful thing too. Yeah. Interviewing people. I think I, when you look at the business as a whole, the financing, um, if you're looking at your prospecting, um, your P&L, your profit loss statements, where your money's going, um, try and keep track of that, which you kind of have to do when you first start off. I think when you put it all together, it's it's big and stressful. I mean, it really it's really based off your goals, and you I think you have more stress the bigger your goals. So then let's let's bookend on this. Okay. What is I don't know if bookend bookend wasn't the proper term because we didn't start with this, but let's end. If you had to give somebody one bit of advice on dealing with stress in business, right? what would that be? I think the biggest thing, at least from my point of view, is when you have to get stuff done, I know they say not to create a task list or whatever, but write it all down and then make sure you get it done because it's, it's always come to bite me back and bite me in the butt when I don't get that stuff done when I need to get it done. Like when I think about it, I got to get it done. I always forget it. It gets pushed back. And that's when people are calling me like, Hey, where's this? I'm like, shit, I should have got that out to them. So I think once you, something's supposed to be due, do it right away. Cause if it's me, I'll push it back. I'll forget about it. So I got to do it right when it comes up, which is an ideal. If I do it right away, check it off and move on. Organize your thoughts, organize thoughts, but get the work done. That has to get done first. And then you can do everything else later. Okay. What's yours? Awkward pause. This too shall pass. What? That that would be the best thing. My best advice. That the okay. have you ever heard that? Think about it's one of those corny Facebook things. Think about what you got stressed over last year. Mm-hmm. And does it have any effect on your life right That's now? That's true. Yeah. No, it has no effect. It sucks in the moment. Take your punch and go. And and that's what I have to to learn that the thing that I is bothering me right now yeah. will not matter in a week. See. I wish I could do that, but I over, like, I'll take a situation I messed oh, up. Oh, I can't. I'm not saying I'm doing no, it. No, I'm no. just and saying I'll, that's what I'll I would go. do. And, like, in my morning workouts, I'll sit there and think about and analyze it. Like, what I could have done better, but yeah. I spend way too much time on it where I actually could have just, like you said, like, I uh, dropped a ball or there's no way I could save that deal. The clients were unreasonable or the seller, the other agent dropped a ball. I, there's nothing I could do. Yeah. I think, what like what you said, if you can just let it go at that, I think, I think your life's going to be a lot easier. And if you prioritize the work you got to do. Just let it go. Just let it go. It won't matter. It won't matter in a week from now. Maybe. Maybe. Unless it's herpes, that stuff comes back. 